Yo, what is the Upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX WrestleCast, a special episode 45 today. We are doing the AEW Revolution pay-per-view review, which just happened the other day. So, oh man, this this pay-per-view has been hyped up for quite some time now. AEW doing a fantastic job with a lot of the storylines in the company right now, and it's all coming together on the show here at Revolution. So there is a this is a massive card, man. This is a huge card loaded to the brim with some really really awesome matches. So let's just get the hell right into this thing. So there was one match on the pre-show. It's a six-man tag team match. We got the Lucha Brothers and Mark Briscoe teaming up against Tony Nese, Josh Woods and Ari Davari. They're out there with Smart Mark Sterling. We get the usual outrageous rope work by Ray Phoenix. I mean, he is bouncing on those things like a trampoline. I don't, I, oh my God, dude. This guy, every single time I see him in the ring, he's doing stuff that just makes my jaw drop and him bouncing on the ropes like that and then just doing an outrageous flipping, like, oh my God, dude. Ray Phoenix is incredible. Thumbs up for that move. Ray then botches a Frankensteiner, as I just said how amazing he is. He goes he goes right ahead and messes up a move a little bit. He falls right on his head, but he's so good, he's totally fine. He just bounces right back up. Briscoe gets decked by a clipboard. He kicks out of that. Lucha Bros with a very unique combo move and a froggy bow from Briscoe for the W right here. Good opening match uh, for the kickoff show, I guess. Uh, it didn't feel like a kickoff show at all. I mean, the the crowd was already it was already filled up in the arena. It felt very good. Didn't feel like a a WWE pre show match where people are filing in and maybe half the arena is filled up. It felt like we were already ready to go right here. People were. It didn't look like they wanted to miss this match, and and understandably so. It was quite good. Uh, Ray, like I said, man, that guy always just blows my mind with the with the high-flying abilities that he has is absolutely sensational you got to watch this guy and of course that freaking the redneck kung fu from mark briscoe always gets me just he's just up there what the what the and you look at him he doesn't look like he knows a damn thing about kung fu he's got like no teeth but anyway fantastic visual really fun opening match i'm going to give it a seven out of ten and i predicted that the lucha bros and briscoe were going to win they did that so there you go now we go on to the main show now, just the one match on the pre-show. I thought maybe there'd be two, but here we go, baby. So we're starting off the show with Ricky Stocks versus Chris Jericho. So the Jericho Appreciation Society cannot interfere in this match or Chris Jericho loses. So Ricky has his ribs all taped up from all the attacks that he's taken from the Jericho Appreciation Society leading up to this pay-per-view. Ricky counters a code breaker into a power bomb. Jericho then counters a spear into a code breaker. So we get a couple really nice counters right there. Really enjoyed that. Gotta give that a thumbs up. Guevara runs down. He gets absolutely obliterated with a spear by Action and Dreddy. So looks like Jericho didn't matter. He was gonna have his uh, Jericho Appreciation Society come down, but quickly taken out. Jericho hits Ricky with a baseball bat during all the distractions. Ricky is able to kick out of that. Holy jumping. Starks blocks the Judas effect for the first time ever. Nails a Rochambeau, pins, and wins. 
solid match. Didn't hit the, uh, didn't really hit the intensity that I was looking for out of this rivalry right here. I mean, the whole buildup was Ricky finally being able to get his hands on Chris Jericho. I just didn't feel that intensity, that hatred. So it wasn't a bad match by any by any means, I just thought for an opening match, I was expecting it to be a little bit more high octane, a little bit more crazy, but still quite solid. I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. Now we move on to Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy in the final burial match. So pretty much a buried alive match, your WWE style, but with a little bit of an AEW twist to it. So let's get into it. Christian is rocking a turtleneck with no sleeves. I mean, that is a bold outfit decision right there. Only Christian Cage can rock that. Uh, Jungle Boy torpedoes, him, torpedoes himself at Christian. Christian gets sent flying like really hard into the barricade. I mean, that was just full speed. Jungle Boy just flying at Christian. That was fantastic. Going to give that a thumbs up. Jungle Boy then takes a really gnarly fall onto the steel steps. I mean, Christian just kind of trips him up. He just goes full on, like right onto the corner too. Like, oh God, just it's just a really hard fall to watch. Christian starts whipping the bejesus out of Jungle Boy with a belt. I mean, oh my god. Like, I would say at least 15 lashings. It was ridiculous. Got a big front flip dive by Jungle Boy off of the stage onto Christian. That was awesome. Thumbs up for that. Christian nails the unprettier into dirt. Oh, into the dirt. Then he misses a concerto. So he's looking to destroy Jungle Boy, but he misses... We get this really awesome chair and a shovel fight. So I forget who had what, but they're just swinging chairs and shovels at each other. Freaking! At one point, Christian just absolutely swung for the fences with the with the shovel and just missed Jungle Boy's head by by like way too close for comfort, man. That was crazy. Jungle Boy now has the crazy eyes. He ends Christian with a concerto, puts him into the coffin, slams the door after a long. I don't know, I was I was expecting Luchasaurus or someone to come out because he was waiting so long to close that door. <coughs> I thought someone maybe missed their spot or something, but he finally closes it. The The casket like tumbles down into the hole a little bit, makes a loud sound. It was pretty fucking awesome. And Jungle Boy wins. That was freaking awesome, man. I love that. Uh, loving Christian's heel work throughout the match. I mean, talking trash to Jungle Boy all throughout. And um, Jungle Boy's family was there watching. He was talking trash to them, too. Hitting low blows. I mean, throwing dirt in the eyes of Jungle Boy. Just all the heel things. I mean, Christian just pulls out all the stops. I love it. And then Jungle Boy, really great, intense performance from him. Really going all out in this match, especially with his bumps, like... Just reckless abandonment. He did not care. He was just going to make this look amazing, and he sure did. Love the grudge between these two. The hatred really felt like it was there in this match, not like in the Christian versus or um, Ricky Starks and Chris Jericho. I just didn't feel that hatred. This match, oh, you can feel the hatred in it. It was fucking awesome. Really enjoyed this match. 8 out of 10. And I predicted that Jungle Boy would win. He does. So I am 2 for 2, baby. Now we have The Elite versus The House of Black with Julia Hart. This is a trios tag team match for the trios tag team championships. Um, really, really like Brody King's face paint. Everyone else in The House of Black has face paint, but it looks so freaking good on Brody King. He kind of looks like a Slipknot or something. Like if he just walked out on stage with Slipknot, I'd be like, oh yeah, he's in, he's in Slipknot. But yeah, really great job with the face paint. 
We get a really great opening moments with uh, Kenny Omega going one-on-one with Buddy Matthews and Malachi Black. So, uh, two matches I would love to see one-on-one. I mean, Kenny Omega could put on an incredible match with anybody, but... Malachi and Matthews, I've seen the chemistry there. I would really like to see singles matches, but probably not for a while. Anyway, thumbs up for that. Brody King enters the match, and even though he is the biggest guy in this match, like, he enters it, and he turns the pace way up. Like, the match just fucking just clicks into gear when this guy enters the ring. Julia Hart keeps interfering. She finally eats a knee to the face by accident, of course. Uh, Thank God she's out of there. House of Black hit a second Dante's Inferno. They pin and new Trio's Tag Team Champions. It's the House of Black. I mean, damn. Oh, hell yeah. That was a fantastic war, man. I mean, Brody King, dude, I have missed you so freaking much, man. I mean... I love watching this guy wrestle. He's so big. He's so just intimidating. The face paint, his chops are so good. His his move set is so beefy and aggressive and just gnarly. I love it. God, I miss this guy. I can watch him all the time. MVP for performance from him. He was my favorite. It's like uh, Brody King for the for the House of Black and Kenny Omega was excellent in there as always. And I mean, everyone was great. Everyone was great. Nonstop action throughout this whole thing. Lots of really stiff shots. Great selling, but I think again, maybe a few too many of those um, like big saves. They'll say like the elite hit a big move, and then they like every time they look like they're guarding, they're protecting the pin, but then they they always allow the team to come in and break up the pin anyway. That happened a solid, I don't know, four or five times. A few too many for me. It, it kind of took me out of it a little bit, but still, this was a fantastic match. 8 out of 10. I would love to see these guys continue onwards. Let's continue this. I love the chemistry. I mean, Brody King. Oh, God, yeah, please. And then if you if Takeshka ends up joining with the Elite. Oh, oh, my God. Jesus, yes. Anyway, I predicted this one incorrectly. I thought the Elite would be able to retain right here. I got that wrong. So there's my first X for the night. Now we move on to Ruby Soho versus Soraya with Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter with Britt Baker. This is for the AEW Women's Championship. We start off, all the women are fighting out into the crowd. Jamie Hayter goes absolutely beast mode with Ruby on her back. She beats down Soraya and then suplexes them both at the same time. I mean, god damn it, Jamie. I love you so much. You're so awesome. Thumbs up. Soraya runs... Uh, right into a haterade for Ruby, so she it looks like she takes a shot there for her for some reason. Kind of, kind of weird. Soho almost steals the title with a roll up, super close call right there. Hater counters with a pin of her own. She retains her title. Whew, that was a close one. I got a little scared there, but good match. I mean, seven out of ten, uh, pretty standard. I was expecting a little bit more out of this one. Honestly, they didn't. It was a triple threat, so there weren't any rules or anything. They didn't really explore that all that much. I don't think there's really any weapons or anything. They fought out into the crowd at the beginning, but yeah, I was expecting a little bit more of a crazy match. It was still good, though. Then all hell starts to break loose after the match. All the women are fighting with each other, and Ruby, she hasn't really chosen a side up until this to- up until this point, but she finally makes her decision. She is going to be siding with... Soraya and Tony Storm. Boo! Boo! No, Ruby, no. Ruby drops Hater and Brit. She spray paints them with the green spray paint. No, Ruby. How dare you? This is upsetting. 
But I have to ask, if Ruby was teaming up with Soraya, if they planned on being friends, like, if this was planned before, then why didn't they just team up against Hater and steal her title? But... They could have. They, this could have been a decision that Ruby made after the match. But regardless, you know, during during the match, uh, Soraya ends up taking a shot for Ruby. So maybe that was the uh, the final straw that le- that leads Ruby to uh, teaming up with Soraya and Tony Storm. Regardless, it's um, it's uh, I, I would have preferred her just to be on her own or whatever, or maybe make her own group. But uh, interesting. We'll see how it goes for Ruby. I think she's actually been. Picking up some pretty good momentum here over the last few weeks, so now she's going to be uh, hooked up with Soraya and Tony Storm. So we're going to be seeing a lot more of her. Going to be main eventing um, in a main event role for the women's division right here. But thankfully, Hater comes out with her championship. I predicted that she would, and I was correct. Now we move on to Hangman Adam Page versus John Moxley in the Texas Death Match. So basically, it's a last man standing match. They're going to have the, you have to answer the 10 count throughout this match. So that wasn't really clarified uh, up until, uh, well, the match started and we just kind of had to figure that that one out for ourselves. But basically it's Hangman Adam Page versus John Moxley in the last man standing match. So Moxley gets absolutely blindsided by Hangman the second he gets through the barricade into the arena. He gets absolutely just blasted. They start fighting out into the crowd. That, that has been a theme tonight. It doesn't take Moxley long to bring in the barbed wire or to be busted open by it. So that made me laugh. I think, what, maybe two and a half, three minutes before Moxley gets busted open in this match really just doesn't take long. Moxley pulls something out of his boot. It's a dinner fork. Oh, you sick fuck. Moxley puts puts Hangman into a triangle choke and then just starts stabbing the ever-living shit out of Hangman with the fork, man. I mean, oh my god fucking some straight up backyard wrestling shit right here i went holy shit i'm giving that a thumbs up that was fucking brutal hangman's blood is splattered all over moxley from the vicious fork stabbing hangman is driven headfirst into the barbed wire wrapped steel chair then eats a heavy shot on the back with the chair i mean oh oh my goodness thumbs up for that page wraps himself in barbed wire to hit a moonsault onto moxley to the outside I don't know what he was going for there. It ended up just hurting Hangman way more than it did Moxley. So, kind of backfires there for Hangman. I guess on paper, that sounded way cool than it was. Uh, just didn't really... Didn't look very good. Anyway, um, Moxley then introduces a massive steel chain and a couple of bricks. Just some straight up bricks. Oh my, I don't know if I've ever seen bricks if I have, it has. It's been a while. Anyway, Moxley crushes Hangman's hand, hands in between the bricks, and then delivers a pile driver on the chain. So, thumbs up for that. He makes no short work of using the things that he brought in right away. So, no time wasted. Hangman spikes Moxley with a dead eye right onto the barbed wire chair. I mean, holy fuck! Thumbs up for that. Hangman dices. Or dives into Moxley, sending him into the barbed wire table on the outside. Moxley goes tumbling into the barbed wire and his face just says it all. He's like, oh, that face was so priceless. I mean, oh, so freaking... (laughs) His face just, oh my god, dude, so freaking good. And it continues onward. We got Hangman now. He takes a really scary looking fall off the top rope through a barbed wire table. I mean... 
Whew, there's going to be a couple of those uh, scary-looking falls throughout this show. Moxley hits a Death Rider, then stomps Adam's head into the brick. I mean, that was fucking awesome. Thumbs up for that. Hangman just will not stay down. Moxley goes absolutely insane. Wraps the chain around himself. Hangman hits a bunch of lariats. Moxley goes over the ropes. The chain gets wrapped around Moxley's neck. Hangman starts to choke out Moxley, and Moxley is forced to tap out. Hangman wins the death match. I mean, um, again, uh, this I just realized this. So apparently, it was supposed to be a, a last man standing match, but Moxley just taps out and they end it. So I don't really know what the fucking rules are. Apparently, anyway, uh, absolute freaking war, dude. Oh my god, so many look through your fingers moments. Like I had to look away for a couple of times, but I just I really couldn't look away. It was so freaking good. The fork, man. Oh my god, that was horrific. He literally just he committed a an assault with a with a weapon. That was an outrage. There was so many stabs with that freaking fork. That was awesome. Literally too many high spots high spots to count throughout this match. I mean, I did my best. There was I, it would I could have talked about this for another ten minutes. There were so many high spots. Um, the barbed wire usage was fantastic. I really liked the use of the bricks. That was really good. I think the only negative was the 10 count rule. Like, not only does the match not end in the 10 count, it ends with a with a tap out of Moxley. I think they should have just went with a, a straight up pin fall or submission or falls count anywhere. That would have made it so much better because whenever they would engage the 10 count, that just kills the momentum of the match. The, mo- the momentum of this match was fantastic. Got completely just put out just put out the momentum every time they would do the 10 count so if they didn't have the 10 count this would have been a match of the year contender for sure but i still really really like this match i would love uh still love the match another great battle between moxley and hangman right here this is an eight and a half out of ten i predicted moxley was going to win i i don't really know what i was thinking i mean in hindsight it was quite obvious that hangman would have to win this one but i just love john moxley too much to ever bet against him so yeah, another, another wrong prediction right there. And is this finally going to be the end between Moxley and Hangman? I mean, again, would not be surprised if they fought again. I, I'm a little tired of it. I would like them to go on and do something else. I mean, they've been good matches, but I don't know, man. I just don't know if Hangman is necessarily that main event guy that, they're, that they've always planned to. I just think he's a really good... Could be a really strong mid-card guy. I just don't think he has it consistently enough to be the main main event guy that that he was kind of projected to be in the company. But really great performance here. We'll see what the future holds for Hangman. He just tends to, um, I don't know, lose confidence in himself every once in a while. But I would imagine after a win like that, the confidence is, is really high right now for, for Hangman. So we'll see where he goes after this. Now we have the Wardlow versus Samoa Joe match for the TNT Championship. Wardlow using Joe's own Coquina clutch to put Joe to sleep. And we have a new TNT champion. It is Wardlow. This was a solid big hoss fight. Uh, pretty standard. I mean, Wardlow doing uh, his ridiculous athletic stuff. I love his Whisper in the Wind and Swanton Bomb. I think it's better looking than Jeff Hardy's uh, ever was. It's very, very impressive. I liked it quite a bit. And um, yeah, I mean, kind of predictable that 
Wardlow was going to get the title here. Joe already has two championships. Does he really need to be holding two right now at, at this point? So it's going to be Powerhouse Hobbs versus Wardlow for the TNT Championship next week. That should be quite solid. And this was a solid fight as well. I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. I predicted Wardlow to win. He did just that. Now we move on to the four-way tag team match. It is the acclaimed with Daddy Ass versus Orange and Danhausen versus Double J and Lethal with Dutt and Singh versus the champions, The Guns. This is for, obviously, the AEW Tag Team Championships. So we kick off this match with a really funny opening moment between Orange Cassidy and Double J. Double J's just not having any of the Orange uh, Cassidy gimmick he's like don't you put your hands in your pocket and then he then Double J proceeds to do a big old strut Orange Cassidy replies with a strut of his own I mean just really fucking funny opening segment right there um, the guns scissor with Double J and lethal but the guns quickly betray Double J so yeah I pred- we all saw that one coming those two were going to betray each other in no time the big man enters the ring. He ends up eating a famouser from big from uh, Daddy Ass. Caster is about to blast Double J with the guitar, but the referee Aubrey stops him from doing that, allowing Jay Lethal to blast Caster with the Golden Globe Award, but he's able to kick out of that, thankfully. Hausen tries to put away the guns. They counter, they pin, and retain their championships. I mean... Jesus, man, that was a highly entertaining match. This was definitely the comedy match of the night. Uh, Still solid in the ring, but definitely more focused on the comedy aspects of everything. Uh, Very entertaining. I mean, all the best comedy acts in in the business right here in the ring at the same time. Dan Housen with his curses. Orange Cassidy. I mean, oh my god. Double J is not afraid to get goofy in there as well. And yeah, man, I think... um, Like, you would kind of think maybe with all that comedy in the ring at the same time, it wouldn't work. But I really enjoyed it. I feel like maybe they could have focused a little bit more on the actual wrestling part of the match. But I was still highly entertained with this match. 7 out of 10. Now, the Guns are celebrating their win. They are met by the returning FTR. Oh, buddy. They are back. FTR hit the ring. They start to brawl with the Guns. Dax manages to get busted open somehow. He's bleeding really badly. The FTR hit the Shatter Machine. FTR hold up the titles. And welcome back, baby. That is going to be awesome. Yet another just powerhouse tag team added to AEW. I think there were some rumors floating around that maybe FTR would return to WWE. I just, I, I wasn't buying that rumor at all. I mean, the way that WWE treated FTR while they were there... They just wasted them. So, and as far as I can remember, FTR was not impressed. They they, they did not have a good time uh, in WWE. So I I was like, yeah, right. There's no way they're gonna go back there. Even though like WWE can throw all the money they want at them, but if they're just like, I don't think it comes down to just money with FTR. They want to be utilized properly. They have a legacy. They want to be one of the greatest tag teams of all time. And WWE just. Wasn't doing them any favors over there. So I'm happy that they're back in AEW. They have been a little bit off tracks, uh, at least with me personally, for like the last year. Just haven't really seen a whole lot of them. They've been fighting a lot in other companies. So we'll see what the future holds for FTR here back in AEW. I also predicted that the Guns were going to win this match. And now it's correct. 
That was a, that was a tough one to predict. Anyway, now we move on to the coup de gras, baby, the one that everybody has been waiting for. It is Brian Danielson versus Maxwell Jacob Friedman in the 60-minute Iron Man match for the AEW World Championship. So, huge lead up to this match. I mean, for what now? Like over a month, like weeks and weeks now, Brian Danielson has been going through every opponent that MJF has put in front of him, saying, oh, you gotta beat this guy, you gotta beat this guy to get to me, you gotta beat this guy, and Danielson just walked through every single opponent, putting on unbelievable matches every single with every single one of them, I mean, just a treat for us wrestling fans to watch Danielson, like, wow, I, this might be some of the best wrestling he's ever done in his career, he is on fucking fire right now. Anyway, so MGF being the absolute just despisable heel all throughout. Um, Danielson saying that he is going to expose him in the 60-minute Iron Man match. So let's get into this bad boy. Let's see if MJF does get exposed. So we get the big champion entrance for MGF. He has the big old orchestra coming out. I'm not going to lie. Really didn't do a whole lot for me. I mean, visually it was fine, but you could barely hear the music and then his own music just kicks in. So yeah, honestly, it didn't do a whole lot for me. He comes out with that mask that he wears sometimes. Looks pretty cool. He looks great. He looks great. I mean, MGF has, over the last year, he has just, his body has just, fuck man, chiseled out of stone. He looks fantastic. MGF getting really chummy with the locals. He takes a lady's water and just pours it on her child. I mean, oh my god, dude. That was incredible. Fucking double thumbs up for that. Amazing. That dude is going to get absolutely his just He's going to get hurt one day, MGF. If you're not careful, you are being way too good of a heel. Anyway, back to the match. Brian gets spiked on his head with a package DDT. Very nice. Excellent pin counter spot here. I mean, these guys go off for a few minutes here, just countering pins. Brinsburg, the referee, is trying to count these pins. There must have been 20 to 30 counters and pin attempts. It was excellent, excellent spot. Thumbs up for that. Danielson nails a psycho knee for the first fall of the match. He is up 1-0. MGF shortly after that just nails a low blow right in front of the referee. He takes the DQ right there, but he is able to get two pinfalls on Danielson. So it is all tied up 2-2 two to two at this point. So crowd was super duper pissed off with that, but I love that spot. Very just you couldn't have it's so MGF. Like perfect. Absolutely perfect. MGF getting out of his comfort zone. He nails a top rope elbow drop on Danielson through a table on the outside. I mean, whew, he almost looked like he was going to fuck that up, but he nails it. Thumbs up for that. And then he delivers a tombstone onto the broken table. He ends up damaging his own knees, so that's going to be a big storyline throughout this match. Danielson busted open pretty bad now from the table. MGF spikes Danielson with a heat seeker in the ring and picks up another fall. He is now leading 3-2. MGF takes a flying headbutt for, from Danielson. Danielson busts himself open real bad right there. Oh, actually, no, sorry. MGF gets busted open real bad right there. So he is just leaking like a faucet at this point. Brian locks in the LaBelle lock, and MJF is forced to tap out. We are all tied up at threes. MJF hits a top rope tombstone. I mean, holy fuck, dude. That is dangerous and scary as hell, but he hits it. Thumbs up for that, but he does end up hurting his knees again in the process. So, MJF, you gotta stop hitting those tombstones, dog. You're hurting yourself. 
Brian puts on a knee bar on MGF with a minute left in the match. The champion is barely able to hang on. The time runs out. The second the time runs out, he taps out like a bitch. But the match is over. It's tied 3-3. to MGF immediately gets hooked up to the oxygen tank. I mean, fucking hilarious right there. And now Tony Schiavone is given an announcement. He comes down and he says, Tony Khan wants it to go into sudden death. We are going to have an official winner in this match. Oh, fuck yeah, baby. Sudden death overtime. Let's get into it. MJF trying all the heel tricks, but it's just not working. Danielson hits a psycho knee. MJF somehow kicks out of that. I, I don't even know how. MJF nails Danielson with the oxygen tank behind the referee's back. Danielson gets completely knocked the fuck out. MJF locks in the label lock. But Danielson fires up. He tries to fight out, but he is just way too, he's just too gassed out at this point. He is forced to tap out. MJF, buddy, retains his championship. He was not exposed in this match. Epic match, dude. Fucking epic. So good. Now, I'm not going to lie. I'm not a huge fan of 60-minute Iron Man matches. They're extremely difficult to pull off and for them to be entertaining and, and not boring for the whole 60 minutes. And I think they fucking nailed that. I, that, I feel like that 60-man minute... Or the 60 minutes went by pretty quickly. I didn't feel bored. Um, now, obviously, they couldn't go fucking balls to the wall for the whole 60 minutes. They had to be a little bit methodical. But I think that's where MGF really thrives in that pace. So he was doing great. I loved <laughs> he was getting chummy with the locals. That was unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. They showed off everything, man. Great, great gas tanks on both of these guys, obviously. Like, they they barely even look tired. Like, even MJF getting hooked up to the oxygen at the end, that was just a gimmick. But he can hold his own in there, man. He could, he went, he was just dandy for the 60 minutes. Danielson, he is, he's been here uh, quite a few times in these 60-minute matches. I really like the performance, man. I thought the storytelling in the ring was spot on. That uh, the knees of, of MJF being hurt... And and Danielson kind of getting surprised throughout the match with how MGF is able to stay in it with him. I thought it was really good. All this this huge storyline building up to this match. I thought they I thought they did a really good job. Really liked a performance from both of them. I mean, at this point now, I think MGF has really solidified himself as he's going to be one of the greatest heel champions of all time. I I I think he is very good in the ring he's not the best in the ring but with that performance tonight I think he held his own he looked very good in there I really enjoyed the match I'm giving it an 8 out of 10 I thought it was great and um yeah I think with all the hype around it and and I I thought it lived up to the hype yeah maybe it could have been it could have had more high spots or whatever but I thought it was really enjoyable and that is the show. So I predicted that one incorrectly. I thought that Brian Danielson maybe... I just thought he deserved the championship, honestly. I wasn't really going on really who I... I just thought he deserved it. And I thought maybe they would just give it to him on just straight up how incredibly he's worked over the last like year or so. I mean, he's been putting on so many incredible matches. He would make a phenomenal champion. But at this point, man, I mean, MJF is on... I don't know if I've seen someone heal it up as good as MGF has like this is some old old school heel work right here and I absolutely freaking love it I hope I I can watch I would pay to watch MGF just walk through a crowd and just 
annoy people, you know, tossing their drinks around, grabbing their shirts, throwing it on the ground, flipping them off, laughing in their face and stuff. He is so freaking good at his character. At this point, I don't even know if it is a character. MGF may just be a scumbag for reals, but I don't care. It is entertaining as hell to watch. I love this guy as the champion. Super happy so far. And that was a great show, man. Absolutely great show. Tons of hype leading into this pay-per-view, and I think it absolutely delivered on all the hype. You look at the match card, absolutely stacked from head to toe. I Not a single bad match or even a bad moment on the show. Yes, some of the matches maybe were a little bit underwhelming for what I had expected for them, but for the most part, man, this is what WWE used to do. They don't really do this anymore, but when WWE had a pay-per-view, it was noticeable that everybody took it to that next level they went to that next gear and wwe nowadays it's it's not too common that they really take it kind of just all blends together smackdown raw pay-per-views that their pace their intensity it all kind of blends together but aew they have a fantastic intensity on the regular but they took it to even a higher level on the pay-per-view and that's what i expect out of a pay-per-view when i watch a pay-per-view i want you to go all out with your performance, you got to go even more balls to the wall than you do on regular week-to-week television, and they did that. Absolutely did that. I think everybody stu- uh, took an extra step. Very, very good show. I highly recommend this show. You'll you'll have a great time. If you're not a fan of a big old 60-minute Iron Man match, I completely understand that, but between these two guys, Danielson and MJF, they have an incredible grudge between the two of them. I thought I thought it was one of the better Iron Man matches I've seen. I personally, like I said, not a big fan of Iron Man Iron Man matches, but I did really, really enjoy this one. I thought it was fantastic. Really good show overall. You're going to get your, your money's worth. You're going to get your time's worth. I had a great time with this show. I think my favorite match... Is is going to I think I think it is going to be the the Texas Death Match, um, the the Elite versus the House of Black. That was fucking spectacular as well. But yeah, I, mean, I think I'll give it. I have to give it to the Death Match because there was just so many over the top spots. The barbed wire, the the blood was out of control. The weapons, the bricks. I mean, it was great. Personally, I, I wish it didn't have that last man standing thing. And in hindsight, I, I imagine that they kind of wish they didn't either because it doesn't even end in a 10 count. It ends at, ends with Matt Moxley tapping out. So, But regardless, that match was incredibly intense. And I guess another warning for people who are squeamish, you don't like blood, um, I guess don't watch that match. It was, it was nowhere near as bloody as the Evil Uno one last week. That was just a bloodbath but if you like yourself some good old backyard wrestling you know you get the fork in there that was great i don't i don't i don't know when the last time i saw someone get stabbed like that with a fork i mean abdullah the butcher would be fucking proud right now with that performance so i think i'll give my match of the of the show to uh, moxley and adam handman page if that is the cherry on top of their um hardcore deathmatch sunday whatever this was I'm good with it. I think that is a good cherry on top to a really, really just hardcore rivalry between the two. So that is my review of the show, everybody. Uh, Final predictions. I ended up getting six out of nine, correct, I believe? Yeah, six out of nine, so not too bad. I always find that the AEW shows are a bit more... 
unpredictable, a little bit harder to read. I mean, they're, they haven't been around for as long as WWE. I've been watching WWE for a very long time, so I, I have a little bit better of a feeling when it comes to predicting how their shows are going to go down, but... Fuck yeah, man. Another revolution in the bag. That was the fourth one, I believe. And yeah, that was that was a really, really good pay-per-view. I had a lot of fun watching it. Didn't feel too long. Didn't feel like... didn't. There was like barely any fat at all to the show, man. Like it's just match, boom, over. Okay, next match, boom, over again, next match. Love that shit. Like WWE nowadays, they're getting cheeky. They're throwing like backstage segments like promos on the pay-per-view that used to be no fuego like that was that would never happen on wwe pay-per-views a while back like it's just it's the matches we're having the matches we'll give you a little three to five minute video promo to get you you know all caught up with the storyline then we have the match but anyway uh, that was the show everybody let me know what you thought of revolution i thought it was a great show really good time and uh, what was your favorite match? Which match didn't live up to your expectations? If I had to say one, I think it was the opening match between Ricky and Chris Jericho. I was expecting a a bit more out of that one, especially for AEW's opening match of the pay-per-view. That For, for the most part, those tend to be the best match of the show. And it might have been the weakest one, honestly. So not the greatest performance out of Chris Jericho, but it was still good. Like Again, nothing bad on the show whatsoever. But... If I had to say it, I think that would be the weakest one. That was a little bit underwhelming for for what I was expecting. I was expecting like a a truly star-making performance for Ricky, even though I think he's already kind of had that star-making performance. I was expecting, I don't know, maybe the next level, maybe a, 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 maybe a glimpse into see if Ricky could hit that main event scene. At this point right now, I do not think that Ricky Starks is a main event player in AEW right now, but one of the best mid-card guys right now in an AEW. That That's great. I mean, the mid-card in AEW is probably better than the main card on WWE any day. So that's all I'm going to say for now. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. There will not be a Gamer GX uh, GamerCast this week. Sadly, I'm going, I replaced it with this review for this week, but there is a new YouTube series that started up today on the YouTube channel, GamerGX Video, so you can go over there, give that a shot, go, uh, I won't tell you what game it is just yet, but, uh, you can go over there and watch the first episode and let me know what you think. That would be a lot of fun. You can also follow me along on Twitter. All the links and everything are down in the, in the description below. You can send me a message if you want to ask the podcast a question, a question, I'll answer it live on the podcast as long as it's appropriate and everything like that. Ask away. I have a question about wrestling, video games, hockey. I I will answer it for you. If you want it to be on the show, you want to be a part of the show, be my guest. I'm here, and uh, we will be back on Wednesday with another episode of the Hockey Cast. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Sorry it is Monday, but hopefully, I'm hoping that this little review here will get you through whatever monotonous shit you're probably doing on a Monday. Because it's Monday. Fuck Mondays. But don't fuck Revolution. Revolution was awesome. Go watch it. Really good time. MJF, baby. The best heel in the business.